What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Dice. I'm Elias Cepeda. And we are bringing you an extra bonus episode of the extra round. It is an extra round of extra round this week. <laughs> Everything. I've been waiting so long to make that show. It's all been leading up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to do more of these things because, you know, we feel like we want to keep the show to a reasonable length. So we're very selective with interviews and what we bring down, uh, bring on, but we have the opportunity to talk to more fighters. So we'll, uh, we want to take advantage of those opportunities and share them with you. And this is one of those opportunities. Um, UFC Halifax is Saturday. It's a fight night, 105. Main eventing is Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, fighting uh, Travis Brown. That guy's kind of on a little bit of a losing streak in the main event that was supposed to be on UFC 208, but it got pushed back after Stefan Struve got injured uh, for his fight with Junior Dos Santos, who's now fighting Stephen Miocic for the title in Dallas at UFC 211. So... Uh, we're going to talk to them. We're also going to talk to middleweights Hector Lombard and Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks making the move up from welterweight, so it'll be interesting to see how things are affecting him and how he feels moving up a weight class, not having to cut those 15 pounds. have got to feel good. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk to them. You know, These interviews have been recorded separately over a period of time outside of the show, so uh, we're going to just kind of mix everything together for you right now. You know, Before we get into the interviews, what are you looking forward to hearing from these guys? Yeah, first of all, four really awesome guys to be hearing from. Um, I'm really curious what Johnny's Johnny Hendricks's mindset is like. I mean, he's fighting pretty close again to the last time he was getting ready for a fight. He's had, you know, when when your struggles are so public, it's got to be a heck of a thing, right? Like if mm-hmm. you have everyone knows it, and you know, you got to feel that. There's a lot of weight on it. And when you're talking publicly as he has, it's about like, hey, I might retire soon if. I, you know, all that stuff and then losing. I mean, a close decision, even if he feels he deserved to win that last one against Neil Magny. It's going to be an interesting thing to just kind of hear how, how he sounds, how he's talking. I I've, oh, I don't know Johnny Hendricks. I've interviewed him over the phone uh, a couple times. Uh, I've always found him pretty amiable and forthcoming. Um, it'd be really interested to see just what he, what he sounds like now. Uh, Hector Lombard as well. He jumped into this fight kind of short notice. He was getting ready for a, a, a submission grappling um, a match. He's doing this. He's been back at middleweight, but he's also a guy that was at welterweight for a while campaigning. So uh, I really want to see though what what Johnny sounds like um, when, you, when you chat with him. And uh, you know, to that matter too, I'm kind of curious if Derek Lewis how he feels about fighting someone who's so good and so dangerous that is also happens to be on a losing streak while he's on a win streak because that's kind of a risky business. You're like, what do I? gained by fighting someone as dangerous and, mm-hmm. uh, as Travis Brown when I've got the win streak. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about that. And it's interesting because uh, he was so he felt so defeated even though he won his last fight and he called out Travis Brown, but it yeah. wasn't a true call out. It was very, yeah, right? he's like, well, I was going to, but I don't know that I really am in a position to. And, you know, he got his wish. So it'll be interesting to uh, hear what he thinks. It's weird. I mean, I guess he just, he holds Travis Brown in that high of estimation, which he, sh- which he should. But yeah, it's a, Interesting thing. Um, he seems so hard on himself. I wonder if that. I hope he's gotten rid of that, right? Like, let's see. Let's see how he sounds when he chats. It's like, is he is he amped up again? Or is he still like, oh, I'm disappointed in how I won? Because that's not a good place to be. Well, Derek Lewis can be an entertaining guy to talk to. He's got a great personality, and he's not afraid to let that shine. <laughs> and speaking of which, let's kind of jump right into it and let's talk to Derek Lewis. Hey, Derek, how are you? Terrible. Terrible. It seems like you always say that when you uh, get on the phone. Yeah. Is there a particular reason why you say give that as the answer a lot? Just seeing if the interview will care about me before we get started. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. I give away some of my big dog secrets. Gotcha. 
So you're from Houston. The Super Bowl was in town. Did you get to kind of enjoy that experience of the Super Bowl being in your backyard? Um, not really. You know, um, I really don't like to go out if I can enjoy it. So I didn't really enjoy too much of it. Well, you kind of got to go do the uh, Radio Row thing, if I'm remembering correctly. Did you enjoy that aspect, at least? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was something new. It was different. No, I enjoyed that to get away for a little bit. Now, I know you were sick, but, you know, and you're kind of enjoying that this fight got delayed, but were you kind of bummed that you didn't get to fight on that Houston card? Yeah. Big time, you know, everybody kept bothering about it, too. It's the one why I didn't fight, so I was wishing that I did fight there. You know, I'm always, it's always a pleasure to fight at your hometown, you know. But it is what it is. Well, the UFC is coming back to uh, Texas pretty soon with the uh, pay-per-view in May. Is that kind of something in the back of your mind? I know you don't like to get ahead of yourself, but is that something you're thinking about, potentially trying to work your way onto that card? Um, maybe so, but if not, it's fine. You know, I'm probably just going to take some time off. Because I really wanted some time off this this fight, before this fight happened. But we came calling right away, so I just went ahead and accepted it. Is there any reason why you're wanting time off? Just the grind of training camps, or...? Yeah, I haven't been there enjoying none of my stuff there. You know, I purchased, you know. I just want to just take a break and really relax with my family, not think about fighting all the time. Because whenever I think about fighting, it just sets me in a, a bad mood, you know. Is it hard to, so it's hard for you to balance between, you know, trying to get in your mindset for a fight and being able to enjoy your personal life? Yes, for sure. You know, I get a little snappy. Whenever I have a fight coming up, because I'm always, I'm always thinking about that and thinking about how bad I want to hurt these guys. And speaking of which, you're fighting Travis Brown. Um, this is a guy who's coming off of two losses, but you called for him. You named him as somebody that you wanted to fight. Why did you pick him? Uh, I believe that he's really one of the toughest guys in the division. You know, he's very versatile. You know. He's, Got good foot movement. Got like he moves. He doesn't move like everyone. He moves like a a smaller guy, you know. And um, and I just believe that he'll bring out a better fighter than myself, you know. We have a very um, fan-friendly fight, you know. The fans will really love his fight, and I just believe that he'll bring out the better fighter than just point to it. And, you know, you talk about bringing out the better fighter. Is that to boost your resume and, you know, the standing in the rankings or that kind of thing? Or is it just kind of a personal test for yourself? Uh, just, like, in the fight itself, you know, just makes me want to, like, fight harder, you know, instead of being, well, like, being patient and laid back and all this and that. And I just believe that he'll bring out the beast in me. Now, some people think that this is he's a guy who's back against the wall and um, that his you know, status with the UFC could be on the line. Does that make this fight or him a riskier opponent for you? 
because you think it's a, a riskier component. Yeah, does it kind of make him more because dangerous? Because he... yeah, for sure, you know, for sure, you know, nobody want to lose during the round. So I believe it is a, re- a real dangerous opportunity for myself, you know, because um, his back is against the wall, you know, and I know he's going to try to come out and feel like he got a lot to prove, especially you know the social media been jabbing at him for so long with him and Ronda, so I know he's going to like that. So I know he's going to really try to come out and um, prove to everyone that he's still a top 10 um, contender. But on the same token, do you do you feel like you have a lot to prove in this match as well? You know, he's a, a guy with whose name kind of carries some weight, maybe one of the more notable guys that you've fought. Yes, I believe so. You know, I believe it's going to be a tough fight. You know, but I'm up to the task. In an interview, Travis said that uh, when he called, when he heard you call out his name, that it seemed to him like you were kind of looking at the rankings and trying to pick out the easiest name. Do you see it that way at all? No, not at all. You know, I, I picked him because I believe he's one of the toughest. You know, but, you know, every guy is going to try to find some type of way something that seems like someone is disrespecting it. You know, it's the fight business, so you can't really go into a fight and trying to hit somebody that didn't do anything to you. So everybody's trying to find something small like that and get them motivated. Does that kind of make you cognizant when you're doing interviews of what you say to try and not give them that thing to find or to latch on to? No, it really don't matter. You know, to me, I'm just doing it for the money. I'm not doing it because I believe I'm the best fighter in the world. And this and that. I don't care. I don't care I'm, the, I'm not the best fighter. I don't care I'm not, not the most technical fighter. You know, I'm just doing it for the money. So I'm just going out there and giving my all for the dollar. So building off of that, does the, is the title something that you see and you think like, hey, I could have six wins after this fight. That's the next fight for me. Or is it just whatever as long as the check's the same? No, I believe, like, if I could get this win right here, which I know I can, you know, um, yeah, because those guys right there are making the most money, the ones that have the belt, the ones closer to the belt, you know. You you know, you could be potentially on a six-win fight streak after this fight, and that would, I think, improve your record to 18-4. and You know, you could be in the discussion of best heavyweight fighter in the world, uh, but you still wouldn't consider yourself like why? Why wouldn't you ever consider yourself the best in the world? Um, because that really, like that, uh, doesn't really matter to me. I don't care about being the best fighter in the world. I don't care about where I'm ranked. You know, like I said, I just care about the money. <laughs> I'm not doing it to be the best fighter in the world. Right. You know, got to keep the lights on. I respect that. Um, this is your second time headlining a card. Is there something you learned the first time around that is will be advantageous this time? Oh, not at all. You know, um, to myself, I believe, you know, my condition will still be there. I know how much I can um, really dish out and not gas myself out. You know, I believe I can um, turn the notch up just a little bit more than I did my last fight and not gas myself out. 
you know, do you enjoy headlining the cars? Because, you know, as the guy who's anchoring the event, I would assume your checks would be a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good right now. You know, I'm getting paid more than a lot of guys that have been in the USC for a while. So I'm happy where it's at right now, but it could be better and it will be better after this fight. Gotcha. Is it, you know, you, this fight was originally supposed to be on UFC 208. Um, I know you said you, in a different interview, that you were appreciative that this fight got booked back because it gave you some extra time because you were sick. Uh, is it also kind of nice to maybe fly under the radar a little bit, you know, with the UFC 208, this, you know, it's a pay-per-view, there's a lot more attention to just kind of be able to do your thing at a fight night event? No, not at all. You know, so I don't think about it. You know, I just think about getting the job done. You know, I don't care if it's in front of 10 fans or if it's in front of 15,000 fans, you know, uh, how much attention it is. You know, I'm just going in there trying to get the job done. Gotcha. What allows you to, What you know, what is it about you that allows you to be so focused and kind of block that stuff out? Is that just something you've learned over time or is that just kind of how you've always been? Well, from the way I always been because my my parents taught me, you know, never take stuff for granted. You know, go out there and give it all you can. You know what you got. You know, I want to be wake up the next day and be like what it could should have. So it doesn't matter about the attention that the fight gets. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. There we have it. Derek Lewis taking time out of fight week to talk to us about his main event battle with Travis Brown. Speaking of which, Travis Brown also took time out of his fight week to talk to us. Let's play that audio. You're good to start. Hey, Travis. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Yeah, of course, man. So you're fighting Derek Lewis. He notably called you out uh, at the end of his last fight. When you heard him throw your name out there, what was your first reaction? I'm ready. Where's the where's the where, where's the contract? Did you see it in real time, or was it relayed to you later? Um, didn't see them. Yeah, I think I saw it in real time. And uh, you know, it was one of those things where, yeah. I said, I'll, I, I guessed at the time, but I was like, I bet you we'll put that fight together. So, um, and it happened. You know, it happened, what, a couple, couple, like a week or two later. You know, as a you know professional fighter, you've probably had your name called out a bunch of times. Is that something that kind of like elicits any remote emotional response from you, or is it just kind of the same as like a text popping up on your phone? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it happens. You know, it happens quite a week or quite a, quite a bit. But um, but it's one of those things though where like, you know, yeah, you know, guys will call you out and all this kind of stuff. But um, you know, this isn't the first time that he that he had called me out. So that was one of those things where coming off my last two fights, or, you know, him coming off of his, and it was just one of those times that. You know, it was like, well, this is going to happen. Let's do it. Let's make it work. You know, and uh, luckily we got the call. So, 
You mentioned when you heard the call out, you thought to yourself that this is a fight that could happen. What made you think that? Just kind of the momentum of how things were going. You know, I'm uh, coming off my last two fights uh, that were losses, and you know him him coming off of uh, off of that win. Um, you know, I could just see you know the, the, just being in the sport and being how they. Um, put things together. It's kind of, you know, that's how they like to match them up. You know, a guy that's coming up once, you know, that's on kind of a win streak gets put against a guy that maybe, you know, has lost a couple but has a bigger name. And, um, you know, that's just kind of how it, how it goes. So when I, when I heard him call, call me out, you know, I was thinking that the UFC would put that one together. And you mentioned that this is kind of like a trend the fighter, you know, who's maybe having a, you know, a rough patch, but has the bigger name kind of being matched with somebody who's kind of rising. I don't think you've ever actually been on this side of things before. Does that change your perception of things or you're just so experienced? It's just business. No, I don't, you know, I never really, I never really looked at it like that. When I was, when I was like the kind of younger up and comer, you know, fighting kind of the bigger names, I never really looked at, you know, oh, there's a bigger name. I'm trying to, you know, going out there doing this, that, or, you know, and I still, I still don't look at it like that because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Like all the hype, all the, you know, people talking back and forth, you know, some guys get into, you know, talking trash and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when that, when that door closes, you know, and it's just you two and the referee in that octagon, man. It's going to be the same thing. Like, you know, somebody's going to sleep. We're going to get into a fight, and we're going to see how it goes. So, you know, to me, I never really look at like the odds or or anything like that. It's it's a fight, man. It's up for grabs. He mentioned that some fighters need to latch on to something that another his opponent um, that an opponent would say to kind of motivate them. And you talked a little bit about trash talking just now. Is that something that's part of your preparation? Like you you like that bulletin board material, that sound bite that kind of gets you going? No, not at all. I don't need to. I don't need to have that kind of motivation to get ready to fight somebody. You know, I'm I'm ready to go out there and and compete and go against the best and and get in there and you know put my body on the line and and just go and and fight. You know, I mean, I don't need somebody to you know say something or me say something about them or or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like like I said, it's all kind of. If you think about it, it's irrelevant because at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to fight. This isn't like, you know, something else that may possibly turn into a fight. It's like, dude, we're going to fight. You know what I mean? Like how, right. how there's like other other sports or something where the guy's trash talking. It's like, dude, if you keep running your mouth, I'm going to punch you. You know what I mean? It's like, this is like, well, keep running your mouth because we're going to get into a fight. It's like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I think the fear of getting into a fight in other sports is bigger than than what it what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, right. you have that fear of somebody. But in our sports, like, we're going to go out there and we're going to fight. I'm going to punch you in your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what's going to happen. So, like, talking trash is kind of funny to me in our sport. 
Now, you kind of uh, referenced your recent string of, of losses. Do you, you know, Derek Lewis calls you out. This is a guy with five wins under his belt in a row. Are you thinking, this is perfect. This just fell into my lap. This is the right guy to get everything kind of back on pack. You know, slingshot myself back into the mix of things, use his momentum and make it mine. Yeah, you know, um, you know the guy. The guy's done a couple. You know, I've had a couple great fights his last few outings, and um, he's put together a win streak. And you know, you can't deny that, man. Like, you know, these guys and anybody in the UFC heavyweight division is tough, dude. And we all have a shot at you know winning the fight. I mean, we're big dudes and we hit hard with small gloves. I mean, you know, anybody has a chance. So. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, man, I mean, I think he's a, he's a tough fighter. He's a good fight and, and, uh, you know, definitely one the fans are going to want to see and, and one I'm excited to go out there and showcase some, uh, some skills. Now he fought in a fight past the third round for the first time. Did you see any holes in his conditioning that, um, someone who's athletic and as big as you could probably take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, he's a big, heavy dude, you know, and he started slowing down there. And um, But at, at the same time, I mean, we are heavyweights, you know what I mean? And we're heavyweights for a reason. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to get tired. We're going to slow down. We're not 125 pounds and, you know, run around like the Tasmanian devil. You know what I mean? We hit hard and we hit early, and that's what makes it exciting for, for the fans. So, um you know, I definitely feel like the conditioning is in my favor. And, um, you know, I feel like, uh, I think, though, I think in this fight he has something to come out and prove. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and gets to work early. You know, one of the big narratives or a lot uh, what they say about Derek Lewis is his raw power. But like you've mentioned, you know, everybody in the heavyweight division hits hard. Is that overrated, kind of over um, glorified? Do I think that his power and stuff is overrated? Yeah, you know, everybody hits hard, like you were saying. Is it really that big of a difference? Yeah, so what he does, though, is he really puts everything into it, right? He doesn't have a lot of maybe precision, you know, in his striking and stuff like that, but he hits hard and he'll, and it, you can tell that people feel it no matter if he hits you with the forearm or whatever he's throwing, right, he just puts everything into it. And he's a big dude to, you know, and has the weight to be able to do that. So um, I don't think it's overrated. I think it's something that, that he does and he uses very well, um, you know, the best that you can in, in his position. So, Do you think that potentially kind of makes him more of a one-track or single, somebody who's maybe not as well-rounded as yourself? Yeah, so I think what it does is it, it prevents you from being able to, um, you know, have like a high work rate because you're exploding so much and you only have so much of that throughout the round, um, you know, and and if you come out and you try to do that for five straight minutes, you're not going to be worth crap the, the next couple of rounds. So, you know, for me, I think it's something that, you know, I'd, if if he wants to go that route and come out early and you know i'm gonna have to weather the storm and then get to work so um but it all comes down to tactics the night of the fight you know who knows if he's gonna 
come out and just get after it, go right ahead, or if he's going to, you know, come out and try to play, be a little tactical because it is a five-round fight, and, you know, if it goes in later rounds, if he's going to save some energy or what. So when you were describing that and the way, the expelling of the energy, it made me think of baseball, and I don't know if you're a fan of the sport, but there's uh, a belief that players who compete in the home run derby since they're swinging for power and for the fences that they can kind of enter a slump exiting the all-star break, their hitting power because they've kind of expelled it all in that event. So since he just fought two weeks ago or two months ago, do you think that might carry over or is two months enough time to kind of like build that energy back up? Yeah, that's a, that, that all I think depends on his camp and if he was smart about it or, you know, if he if he got right back to work, you know, it might might take a little pep out of your step, but um, you know, that that all depends on him. You know, I mean I've I've fought back to back and sometimes I feel even better going out and competing that second time, you know, than I did the first because the first time kinda like warmed me up and then um, you know, I took a couple weeks off and then got back in camp and it was kinda like a fresh start but a little bit better in shape, you know. So it, it all it just depends on the person, but um, you know it's a it's a lot to ask for out of an athlete to go you know get ready for a fight and then jump back in camp and and uh, you know go out there and do it again. And, and I'll end with this question: um, You've made some changes to your camp. You're working with the same coaches, but in a new location. Uh, I was just wondering maybe if you could kind of explain the thought process there. Is it just kind of an effort to get a new atmosphere to kind of shake things up? Yeah, part of it's to get a new atmosphere, but it's also, um, you know, some of the training partners were uh, were in Vegas. You know, that's where they were at. And instead of bringing them out to California and doing all that kind of like expense, I just I moved my myself out to Vegas to get to work in with the right people um consistently so that was like the real motive to to get some work in well gotcha well thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us best of luck to you thanks man take it easy you too so that wraps up the main event in the co-main event we have johnny hendrix moving from welterweight to middleweight to take on hector lombard who also recently made the move in weight let's talk to hector lombard first about his fight with johnny hendrix hello hey hector how are you I'm good, thank you. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. You're welcome. Uh, are you enjoying things in Canada, or is the cold uh, an issue for you? Yeah. I didn't come here to enjoy it. I just came here to, uh, to fight. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good, you know. I'm, I'm warm, and usually uh, it's taking care of me here. So you were supposed to... Uh, correct me if I have this wrong, but you were supposed to be fighting at Submission Underground 3, and then this fight came about. How did this all kind of play out? Yeah, I was supposed to be uh, competing, and uh, just one um, um, rapid match, but he, um, my manager called me and said like, I couldn't do it because uh, USC wouldn't allow to compete in you know, it's such a close fight. So, I couldn't. That was the reason why I couldn't compete in the, the Shetson fight or competition. So, I guess that means going forward, you won't be able to compete in another grappling tournament later. 
I can. Uh, it's just I can't compete when it's too close um, for the fight. Gotcha. You know, you have to be maybe like um, over over 10 weeks. And uh, that was like uh, two weeks, you know, before my fight. So I couldn't, you just don't want to take a risk of me getting injured and have to pull out the fight because of that. Now, competing in MMA and competing in these grappling-only tournaments, um, you know, some people might see them the same or some people see them as completely different. Uh, how do you see them, and which one do you in- kind of enjoy more? I mean, I enjoy competition in general. Uh, no matter what it is, I, I like to compete. And whether it's MMA, grappling, judo, whatever it is, I, I'm just happy because that's what I like to do. I like to challenge myself. And you mentioned uh, your fondness of um, competition. You know, you have such a such a long MMA career. How much longer do you think you can keep doing this, or how much longer do you want to keep doing this? I mean, if you let me, I'm, I'm gonna keep competing to your fifty. Um, I should love to compete, man. I uh, I enjoy like the, the feeling of it, and it's just an enjoyment for me. Is it more enjoyable now that you're not cutting down to welterweight? Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I, I, I was begging to UFC to just you know let me go to um, the all the way class uh, for a long time, but um, didn't happen. So yeah, definitely uh, it's it's, um, it's way more enjoyable now because uh, I don't have to suffer for the whole year. You know, I'm I'm cutting weight at 185, but it's not like that crazy cut weight where it wasn't healthy, you know? You know, uh, weight cutting has kind of become a narrative of this fight between you and Johnny Hendricks because he's had his own issues. What is something about the weight cutting process that fans don't understand? I think fans, and maybe even the media to a certain extent, just kind of see it as a piece of the process that's supposed to happen but don't quite understand or have the compassion to understand when um, a fighter is struggling to make weight or doesn't make weight what is something that they should know yeah i mean when you body when your body doesn't have the fat that you know you need to cut the weight that's when it's really really tough you know like for example like my body fat is below for 185 can you imagine for 170 wow so you know i had no fight at all and i struggled to make 185 so below that he just it's it's killing me you know it's gonna kill me it's gonna and and then after that you know they took they took the diabetes and it's just you know it wasn't healthy you know it's you know I was I went through that when you know I was competing in judo and my liver and and all it was start to you know I start having issues with it because I was cutting so much weight and one of the things that I enjoy about MMA when I start I compete two of I compete heavyweight I compete middleweight because. I just enjoy the fighting, but I 
being George without weight and uh, you know, that's something that I then I, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to just destroy my body for, uh, for, for you know, for anyone, anyone, period. And transitioning a little bit to this fight, um, you know, this fight's one of the other things that people say about this fight is that they view both of you as being in a mo- must-win situation. Do you guys, do you see it that way for you? I don't see it that way for me, man. I mean... And you know, to be honest, I don't see it that way for him either. You know, he um, he only faced top ten uh, fighters in the UFC, and uh, I only faced top ten fighters in former champions. So yeah, you know, if you fight nobody and you have two two losses, that is the most win situation. You know what I'm saying? It's the most win situation when you you should fight nobody. You know, but when you're fighting. Like like me or him, you know, when you're fighting a top, you know, top Aussie fighters, former champions, or top ten fighters, is is a different story. Now, now Johnny's known for his wrestling, but you you are a talented defender of the takedown. You have you great takedown defense, and I think when it comes to the striking game, you have an edge over Johnny as well. Uh, do you do you kind of see this matchup and think this is a bad matchup for John Hendricks? Yeah, I mean <clears throat> it can be, you know, but it can happen. You know, um, there is no way that I saw that I was going to lose against you know people that I lost, and then something drastically happened in the fight. So anything can happen in the fight. You know, uh, I don't see myself lo- losing against him. But, you know, as I say, you know, anything can happen in the fight. And uh, he knows that. Do you, do you feel like you have the advantage on both the ground and the feet? Yeah, I'm a stronger thing. Um, even that I'm older, I'm faster, I'm a stronger, and, you know, and striking, I'm better, and, and uh, <clears throat> even in grappling, I'm better. So if you had your preference being the better in both aspects of the uh, the fight, where would you prefer the fight to go? Would you prefer to grapple with him or would you prefer to strike with him? I definitely got to strike with him. You know, I that's one, one thing that uh, got me where I'm at. It got me where I'm at because <clears throat> I wasn't pretty. It got me where I'm at because I'm an insider fighter. And uh, I'm always going to bring it. I always kind of bring the, the assignment to the fight. So I just kind of stand up and, and do what I do, man, for a little. And the middleweight division, when it comes to the title picture, is a little murky. But, you know, your last fight, you fought Dan Henderson, and he goes on to fight the, for the title, and it kind of shows that, like, anybody can work their way into the title picture really quickly. Do you see another run at a title in your future? Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh competing if I don't see myself in, in you know that I that I that I can and and what happened with that Henderson, it was a flu, man. I mean I was doing that in that fight, you know, and uh he was lucky, man. Gotcha. Well thank you. Besides know, he he throw he throw and he went for it but 
I believe like if I fight in ten times, she will beat me one. Well thank she you. Well thank you so much thank for you. taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That's what Hector Lombard had to say about his fight with Johnny Hendricks. Speaking of which, his opponent might be the guy with all the eyes on him at UFC Halifax this weekend. He's making the move from welterweight to middleweight after his much-publicized struggles with weight cutting, which was the focus of our conversation. Let's go ahead and play that audio. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Yeah, doing great. You? I'm doing very well. So you uh, just fought, or you were just you just fought recently, and this is kind of a quick turnaround. What was kind of the onus? Just itching to get back in there because you had a bad taste in your mouth the way that the fight went. Not you know more than anything. I don't have to cut to seventy anymore. I like the fight. Um, I do, and I wanted to see if one eighty five was going to change me, and it has. It's changed me a lot. It's made me. Um, it's made me enjoy fighting again. Is that something you feel like's been lacking in the past few years? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Because you know, I'm sitting here. You know. It's it's all it's it's been all about the weight cut. It's never about the opponent. I don't even watch footage on my opponent because I'm like, if I don't if I don't cut the weight right and I don't make if I don't do everything right, uh, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Uh, <clears throat> I have to I have to make the weight, uh, and now it's it's been all about Hector Lombard. So that's really interesting. I think fans when they think of you know the weight cutting it's a it's a obviously a process that takes a lot of time and energy but it took so much time and energy for you that it prevented you to fully prepare to the best of your capabilities like other opponents were yes and that's you know i and I, like i said you know and people don't understand you know even even now people don't understand you know i say i'm 197 well i just made 173 okay 5 weeks ago i can make 185 you know what I'm saying? Um, but what people don't understand is that weight cutting takes, it took so, it, you know, for six weeks, I had to focus nothing but on my weight. How much weight did I lose today? How hard did I, how hard can I work out today without draining myself? You know what I mean? So that way later tonight I can come back and uh, be able to put forth some energy for that. Uh, but at 85, it's non existent. You know, I, I I cut from 205 to uh, here, and it's not even. You know, I, I, I the best way I can explain it, it's not cutting weight. It's it's just losing losing weight in an easy way. I think that you know when it comes to weight cutting, fans and maybe to a certain extent some of the media don't necessarily even understand the process fully. <laughs> Um, what's like one of the biggest miss, you know, it's just something that's expected to happen, but I don't think people fully understand the ramifications of the process. What is one of the biggest misconceptions or misunderstood concepts about weight cutting that you feel like people need to be more aware of? Well, you know, people are like, Oh, he must not be eating right. Oh, he's not doing this. La 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 la. And you're right. There are people who never, you know, they lose five pounds and they think their life is over. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for people that are losing, you know, 50 pounds, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, 40 pounds, that's a, that's a different, it's a, there, you have to have a mindset. You have to have everything going perfectly for you. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, I know that, you know, 
I think I was, I forget where it was at, but some people lost like 40 pounds. But they're like 285. They, they couldn't lose the 40 pounds. They did it over a six-week period. And they came back and they were like, I will never, ever lose weight again. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it sort of showed them the, the process that it went through, how their energy levels went from 100 down to 60, maybe even 50, maybe even 40%. And then all of a sudden, you got to try, try to get it back close to 100% as you can the next day. Um, where, like I said, at 85, I'm at 100% right now. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not hurting at all. I'm not even hungry right now. Uh, and so whenever I hit 85, I bounce back up to 95. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lose anything. I'm not going to lose strength. I'm not going to lose my power. There's a lot of things that you lose whenever you cut weight. You, you know, you've, um, you've mentioned that if this fight doesn't go your way, you've kind of thrown out retirement there, but then you, you know, you said earlier that you're having more fun, um, in this whole process again. Are you kind of reevaluating that stance based on the fact that you're having more fun now? Well, so what it was is that I didn't know how everything was going to go with me moving to 85. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, how was UFC going to react to it? How was this, this, and this? So that's what, you know, I put, did such a, I put my stamp so hard into 170 that once I, you know, I wanted to move a year ago, but I didn't. Because one, I didn't know how the UFC was going to take it. I didn't know how, you know what I mean? Like all these things that you're, you know, you're thinking about. Um, <clears throat> but now that, you know, this, like I said, this is my last fight on my contract. So, you know, I go out there and I perform like I used to at 70. That's, that's what I want to see. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, and yeah, it has. It's made it fun again. We're, 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 we're making, making the weight was that was my job that was it it wasn't fighting it wasn't doing anything but running hot tubbing workout go home try to rest go back run or i mean then then i'd go back and then i'd work out from seven to like eight thirty, and then i'd go cut weight from eight thirty till ten thirty. like that was my day three to four days a week and then on Saturdays, you know, I have to wake up, I run, I hot tub, I watch what I do all day, I try to conserve energy, and then I have to run at night, re- rinse and repeat everything. So I really didn't have any time off. It was always, it was a 24-7 job. And, you know, having a family of four, uh, I felt like I was choosing my job over my family. And then that's taken, that's taken your, your, uh, that weighs on you. And that's why I was just like, you know what? I'm over it. You know, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose my family over my job. And, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, finally I was just like, you know what? I'm going 85 and hopefully, uh, it hopefully it brings that spark back. And you know what? I didn't think it was going to, I really didn't. And, uh, <laughs> as of now, yes, it has. It's brought the spark back. It's brought the excitement back to want to train, to want to learn again. That's um, exciting to hear as a fan. You know, I was at your uh, fight at UFC 171, and it was, you know, such a historic moment. Um, And speaking of which, this might 
be putting the cart before the horse a little bit. But Dallas is obviously um, kind of your home. Uh, you live in the Metroplex area, and it's a place where you've had a good track record. Are you looking kind of ahead and seeing that UFC 211 date and kind of thinking about that in the back of your mind that that might be uh, an event you'd like to fight on? Yeah, if, if, if everything goes the way I, I think it's going to, yeah, it's something that's been on my radar, and that's one thing about 85. Guess what? If they, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> 85, like I said, if I'm at 205, 20 pounds for me to cut, I could do that in three days and be somewhat, not be killing myself at that point. Does that make sense? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, fighting at 185 is nice. You know, I'm going to grow into 185, but I don't want my weight to change. I want to stay at 205, 210, that's, and, and cut down. You know, I moved up not to kill myself all over again, you know, meaning bounce up to 240 or uh, 220. Uh, I want to stay right around 205, 210, and it'll, it'll help me, you know, one, stay the way that I am. Two, uh, I'll, st- I'll be able to fight more because I don't have to worry about the weight. Uh, three, I can train. I can do everything I need to do and get myself down, which is, you know, like I said, <clears throat> I'm not fighting a scale anymore. I guess that's the biggest point of it all is I'm, I'm, I'm not checking my weight every two minutes. I'm not sitting here going, man, I'm not, I'm not losing weight whenever I work out. It's, it's all an easy transition. So, you know, Going into this fight, are we going to see kind of the the same Johnny Hendricks like during the GSP fight and Condit and Lawler that uh, the the Hendricks style that we're used to seeing, or are you looking to push the pace That's a little my, bit more? You know, it's a little bit of both. It's it's the one who won the belt. That's the guy that I want to get back to. I know he's there. I know I can I can I can be that again. It's just that. For like I said, I, I I burnt up all my energy for the wake up. It was never for the fight. Um, and whenever it came fight time, I would have a great you know I'd have energy, and then as soon as I used too much of that energy, I'd be done. Um, and at eighty five, I'm only getting stronger. Meaning that as I punch, as I do things, as I'm as I'm working out, I'm only getting stronger, faster. Um, and that's really what, uh, I can't wait to showcase. And I guess I'll end with this, um, your, your camp and, you know, the people that you work with, uh, on a day and day basis, um, I'm assuming that they're witnessing this kind of transformation. Are they, are they kind of giving you some tips or information about the transformation that they're seeing with you at 185 now? Yeah, they said that, you know, I'm able to go longer for one. Two, I'm able to, I'm throwing stronger punches, longer uh, amount of time. You know, like I said, at 70, I was only doing it for one, maybe two rounds. Now I'm doing it for five or six rounds. You know, and then I'm still going cutting weight, still doing everything that I used to do at 70. I'm just doing it at, you know, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm just putting more fuel in my body, meaning that whenever I touch down to one, you know, last night I was six over. All right. Well, guess what? I ate back up, got down, got up to 10 over, slept this morning, woke up at eight over. And I was like, you know what? I just ate and drank, uh, went and ate a meal this morning, got up to uh, right now I'm 11 over. Uh, you know, we'll go hit a little, uh, you know, a little weight cut se- session and I'll probably lose five pounds and I'll be back down to six over. 
and then I'll drink back up to, you know, eat a good lunch or, you know, slash dinner, and then get back up to 10 over. You know what I mean? Like, now I can actually do those things because I'm losing weight. Or before, I would go sit in a sauna or a hot tub, and I might lose six tenths in two goes. Well, thank you uh, so much for taking the time out to talk to us, Uh, even though I went to the wrong Oklahoma University. uh, Thank you so much for taking the time out. Hey, no worries, and you have a wonderful day. Hey, anybody, I got to talk to people from Texas. (laughs) You know what I mean? And Oklahoma. It doesn't matter where you're from. I support both states. (laughs) Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. There you have it. Johnny Hendricks being pretty open and honest about his feelings with the weight cut, and he seems reinvigorated without having to focus on shedding those extra 15 pounds and making the move to 185. So hopefully this reinvigorates his career and kind of re-energizes him, and he makes another run. He's one of the most entertaining fighters to watch. He also was very kind about the fact that I was saying I was an Oklahoma Sooner, even though he's an Oklahoma State Cowboys. I don't know if he quite understood what I was saying, but hopefully he understood and was just giving me a polite pass. Anyways, That wraps up this episode. We heard from Hector Lombard and Johnny Hendricks just recently. We also heard earlier in the episode from Derek Lewis and Travis Brown fighting in the main event. Everyone make sure to tune into UFC Halifax this weekend and make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode of the Extra Rounds podcast streaming live on the Facebook Sports Illustrated MMA Facebook page at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned to Extra Rounds on Twitter to find out who are going to be our guests next week. Thanks, everyone.